than normal. Um, and that's partly because I'm getting older, but also I've been going to the gym and exercising and working out all week. And you would, they say when you exercise, you have more energy. I beg to differ. <laughs> I don't know if it's post-COVID or what it was, but uh, what it is. But I, I man, I worked well yesterday, and I worked out, and I felt good after the after the workout. And I sat at the gym, and I went and sat in my car, and I could have fallen asleep right there. In fact, I went home. I I had to be careful driving home because I was having trouble staying awake. I went home, sat on the couch, and not passed out, and and uh, had to take a nap, and then got up and was able to function for the day. But uh, anybody ever just tired? Just weary. <laughs> Brother Donnie goes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it, it, we, it is easy for us to grow tired. It is easy for us to grow weary. My, my heart's desire, my goal for this morning is to preach the Word of God. But, but I believe uh, God would uh, just have me to encourage you in this, that no matter how weary you get, no matter how tired you get, no matter how difficult things get, don't quit. Don't quit. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul says here, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation. The word faint uh, literally means to, to grow weary to go to grow tired uh, to, to 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 become weak uh, and impotent uh, unable to 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 perform unable to do those things uh, that you're supposed to do and there have been times when i've been so weak and so tired that i couldn't do those things uh, sometimes it's when you're sick sometimes it's when you work too hard Sometimes it's when you're going through a lot. It's not even necessarily physically. It can be mentally. Uh, it can be emotionally. And it can be spiritually that we can get to the point where we're just weary. And, and, and can, I, can, I, can I say this? There's a danger in getting to that point and staying there and allowing ourselves to become faint. Because it's, it's not just that we're weary. It's the, the, that word faith adds to it a little bit that we are unable to perform or we're unable to do something. In the, in, if you look up the word faint in the Bible, the first time you see the word faint, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's what we call in, the, in Bible study the law of first mention. Uh, if you're trying to figure out what a word means, you go back. Not you don't necessarily just go to the dictionary, uh, but you go to uh, the first time that word is mentioned in the Bible, and and it, it kind of carries through what all throughout the Bible. The first time we see the word faint in the Bible is in Je the book of Genesis, chapter 23. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's uh, sorry, verse 25, verse 30. You might remember his name. His name was Esau. He went out into the field to make uh, to go hunting. Uh, to go hunting, and he came back, and his brother had sown some pot, or had not sown, had cooked some pottage, and he was faint. The Bible says, "What did he do? He did something really stupid." The Bible says that he stole his birthright. As the eldest son, he was he 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 would, was rightfully the, the to receive the, the the greater blessing from his father, and, and but because of his weakness of the flesh and and his desire to eat because of that, he gave into his flesh, he gave into his desires, and, and and he he gave up he gave up his birthright for something that was 
I mean, worth so much more. Ever made a bad decision and wish you could go back? I bet you Esau many times in his life looked back at that period of time, that moment, and said, how stupid was I? But it was a decision he couldn't, he couldn't go back and change. But why did he get there? Because he was faint. Sometimes when we're weak, uh, when, we're, when, when we're faint, when we're, uh, we're, we're weary, we will make some really bad decisions. And now listen, everybody gets faint. Everybody gets weary, right? That's what we do when we're weary. We need to be very careful about what we do. Another time that we find in Scripture, the, the next time you, were, you see the word faint, is, is uh, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 20, 13, it's talking about the people of Israel. And God tells them not to be faint in heart, uh, but to go into battle. In fact, the, uh, let's look at the verse there real quickly, if you would. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 13. Deuteronomy 20, verse 13 says this, And when the Lord thy God hath delivered it into thine hands, thou shalt... That, I mean, the verse, wrong verse. Verse 3. And, they, and, said, and, and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, you approach this day into battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Thank you, brother. Fear not, and do not tremble, neither be terrified because of them. Listen, if they became faint in heart or weak in heart... They would have lost courage, and they would have given way to fear. Sometimes when we're weary, sometimes when we're faint, it causes us to give in to the flesh. Sometimes when we're faint and when we're weary, it causes us to give in to fear. You ever been there? You allowed fear overcome a, a rational thought? Listen, it, was, it would have been rational for the Israelites to put their faith and trust in God. God was saying, don't, don't let your hearts be faint. Don't let your hearts be weary. Don't let them be afraid. Trust in me. Go into battle. But, 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 but we need, so we need to be careful. Uh, again, another, another place, uh, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, another place where we find ourselves faint, uh, we, we see it in, in, in chapter, Second Samuel chapter 21. Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter twenty-one, verse fifteen. You don't have to turn there, uh, but uh, it's David is in battle, and and uh, David is a king. He's a man who has fought many battles. In fact, he took Goliath down all by himself. But in the midst of that battle, the Bible says that David waxed faint, and that a that a giant, a Philistine, came upon him and thought that he could slew, slaw, slaw, kill David. That's the right word. And in fact, he was just, uh, in my mind's eye, I see David uh, being beaten back because he's just tired from, from the battle. And listen, there are times when we get tired in the battle. And, and he got and, and beaten back and beaten down, and the, the giant, the man's just about to take the final blow and, and, and thrust his sword through David, and David's friend comes along and kills him. But there are times when we grow weary, when we grow faint. And those things. And listen, we need to be very careful because faintness can, can cause us to, uh, that faintness can cause us to, to give in to our flesh. That faintness can cause us to give in to our fear. That faintness, that weariness can cause or can put us at a disadvantage in, in, in our Christian life or in, our, in the Christian battle. We see here in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, if you're not there, go ahead and turn back there. Verse 13, Paul saying, My desire, wherefore I desire that ye faint not. 
at my tribulation. We're going to go through this a little bit, uh, but uh, just as we've as we've been preaching through Ephesians, uh, there are a couple of things that we need to. That some of you weren't here for in the last the last few weeks or the last few uh, uh, messages. But I want to make sure we cover that. We saw in God's sovereign will uh, in in the last Sunday. We actually saw uh, God putting together the the church and and how this was a mystery that was being brought up and rem- uh, reminded to the people. And that God had a, a sovereign plan, and that was to reveal His wisdom through the church. And we see that in verse, I believe it's verse. Uh, 10 uh, says to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church uh, the manifold wisdom of God. God's plan, God's eternal plan, was that through the wisdom of uh, that His wisdom would be revealed uh, through the through the church. Through this body of believers uh, that's been made up of all different types of people, all different types of backgrounds, all different uh, types of races, uh, Jew, Greek, men, women, children. Listen, it doesn't matter where you're from. God put them all together and made them one body. Amen? We are, and listen, we are, we are the local church. We are one body in Jesus Christ. We all live different places. We're all different people. Thank the Lord that we're all different people. Can you imagine having a whole bunch of me running around this place? Or a whole bunch of you. <laughs> we wouldn't want that. So we're all different. But God showed his wisdom and God showed his mercy and God showed his grace in that. In fact, that verse there says that he's revealing it to the, to the angels. Did you catch that? We ended the last week's message, last Sunday afternoon's message with this. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Who are the principalities and powers in heavenly places? The angels. God, God was revealing his wisdom to the, to the angels by the church through this, this beautiful structure, this beautiful organism this, the, 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 that God has built upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ that is fitly joined together. Now, uh, we, we went from that looking and, and looked at, at, on Wednesday night, we looked at the sovereign will of God and how God had an eternal plan. And this plan, uh, this, this plan is, is infinite, just like God was infinite, right? Before God said, let there be light, God already was. When he said, I am, what he was saying is he is the self-existent one. He didn't need anything else or anyone else to exist. Uh, he always was and always has been and always will be. He, he dwells outside of time. He dwells outside of space. He dwells out there. That's, that's how he can be everywhere, all the time, and every place. That's how, he can, that's how he can hear every prayer all at the same time. How he has all the knowledge. Listen, he spoke it all into existence. He's eternal. And God's plan was eternal. Before, before he ever said, let there be light, he already knew in his foreknowledge that man was going to fall. He knew that man would sin and there would be a need for a Savior. And, and he, he planned it all out. In fact, it says that in verse, verse 11, that it's all centered around, his eternal plan is centered around Jesus Christ. It says, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The first word purpose means that that was his plan, his intent. The second word purpose means this, that this is how he made or how he executed his initial plan. It was all centered around Jesus Christ. Not only did Jesus create everything, and by him all things consist. He is the very center of the plan of God. Because God's plan was always to reconcile the man back to God. How is, God, how is man reconciled back to God? 
It ain't through us. It's through Jesus Christ. So we, we saw God's sovereign will and looked at God's sovereign plan and, and, and how he did that. Uh, next, we looked at God's special way, and we get our, our, we get our access to God through Jesus Christ. It's, it's, uh, the word there is, uh, is, is the prothesis. It means, uh, sorry, that's the wrong word. I'm reading, I'm reading the, the, the word for uh, God's intended plan. It's, it's, uh, it, God's, it's our assurance in Christ that we, that we can have access unto the Father through Jesus Christ. We can have assurance when we come into and, and, and are, are come unto God because of him. We can have confidence. Amen? Hebrews says this, that we can boldly come into the throne room of grace. Now there, and I mentioned this on, on Wednesday, you can boldly go into some places that you have no right to be, and there could be some bad consequences by boldly going. Uh, everybody here of Area 51? Anybody ever been there? <laughs> I'm not going to be talking about aliens, Molly. She's back there grinning at me. <laughs> you know, there was a group of people that decided that they were going to rush into Area 51. That would have been the stupidest mistake they ever made. Now, they all got together and, and planned to do it, Nobody, thankfully, did it because they would have all been dead. Uh, they all would have been shot or arrested. Uh, it, it would have been bad. They, were, they planned on just mobbing the place, and, and it, it was the stupidest idea. Why? They had no, re no right to be there, no matter how boldly they tried to go in. We, have, we, can, we can go in boldly, but more importantly, look at the next part of the verse there. It says, where are we at here? It says there in verse, verse uh, 12, in whom we have boldness. And access, that second word access, means that we are accepted by God through Christ. It means that not only do, go, do we go in boldly, but God receives us willingly. I, I, I look back at, at Esther and uh, how Esther entered into the king uh, to, to approach him about her people. Uh, about, hey, listen, uh, she knew that, uh, that she could go in there boldly, but if the king didn't put that scepter out there, what would have happened? Off with her head. He could have had her killed. And listen, we already know how he dealt with his last wife. He, he got rid of her and got Esther. Uh, he had a beauty passion. And so so the, the danger was real. But he willingly put forth a scepter. We can go into the presence of God with boldness, and we know that God will accept us because of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That is God's intended plan. That is God's intended purpose. And that is how God is working through that. Not only do we see that, but we also see uh, that Look at the last part of the verse there, verse, verse 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. We have what's, what another word for it is a plume. Uh, it's, uh, that means self-confidence, assurance, because of Jesus Christ, because of our faith in him. And I am so thankful that we can trust in Christ for all of these things. And then Paul goes on to say, Wherefore, now anytime you see the word wherefore in verse 13, this is our text for this morning. He says, wherefore, I have to look at the therefore. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not. See, all this is tied together. It's not just, sometimes people take a, a one verse and they'll, they'll try to say something by this one verse, but you have to take the, the whole context of it all. And Paul said, listen, uh, my, my heart's desire, my prayer for you, in fact, that's what he says, my desire is I'm begging you that you don't faint, that you don't quit, that you don't give up, no matter how hard it gets. Now, he, he speaks specifically of, of, his, of, his, of his, uh, the, what's going on in his own life at this point in time there in verse 13. He says, 
that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. He says, I, I, he says, I don't want you to, to, to grow weary. I don't want you to, to give up because of what you see me going through. What was Paul going through? Well, he's writing this from, it's called a prison epistle for a reason. He's, he's in chains. Uh, uh, he's not a free man. Uh, he's in Rome, and he, uh, uh, a prisoner in Rome, and, and ultimately gives his life in Rome, and he does it gladly for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, we covered that uh, last Sunday morning, that, that he was serving, and uh, this ministry that was given unto him, this grace, this gospel, man, he was glad to do it because, well, he got to preach the gospel. And he knew that it wasn't himself that did it, that it was the Lord. This morning, I want us to see a couple of different things. Paul's desire there, uh, is Paul's specific desire or wish is that they would have a spiritual fortitude, that they would faint not at severe tribulation. And sometimes we faint for all kinds of different reasons. We can grow weary uh, because of physical problems. We can grow weary because of financial problems. We can grow weary because of emotional distress. We can grow weary because of spiritual distress. We can grow weary just in the midst of the battle. Everything's going right. We're, we're, we, we are doing right. We are serving right. Everything's going right. And the Bible says, be not weary. And what's the next word? Well, doing. We can be weary just in the battle of our Christian walk. But there's a difference between being weary and fainting. Paul says that there's a reward if we faint not. I'm here to encourage you this morning. Don't be weary. Or in your weariness, don't faint. Because the truth is we're all going to be weary at some point or another. You might be exhausted right now spiritually. Say, Lord, I don't know if I can take another step. Lord, I don't know that I could, I could take another situation. You could be in the middle of a, uh, of a situation that none of us know about or maybe we all know about, but it, man, this, this, this burden is upon you and you're like, God, I don't know if I can deal with this any longer. Don't faint. I want to give you a few reasons why you should. The first reason I think that we should not faint, and I believe I can bear this out in Scripture, is that others are watching you. Others are watching you. There in verse 10, God reveals to us that the angels are watching and learning from the church. The multifaceted wisdom of God, and as amazing and as mind-blowing as that is, and listen, think about this for a second. Who was it? that came to earth and announced the birth of Christ, Jesus. Who, who was it that, that, that spoke to, that came down and met with Abraham? The angels. Who was it that delivered, uh, delivered between God and, and the prophets uh, uh, like, like Daniel? The angels. They were there to see all of this. They, they witnessed all of this leading up to it, but yet they still don't understand the multifaceted wisdom. They don't get to experience. Uh, and there's one thing about knowing, and then there's another thing about knowing something, right? Because you get to experience it. They'll never experience redemption. 
They'll never experience uh, some of these things. But God's saying, look at, they are looking at you. Uh, we looked at it last week at verse, at first Peter. It says the angels long to know. What? Hey, what? The wisdom of God. And they, they don't have a grasp of that. Why? Because they're not. They're angelic beings, yes. But they're not gods. Let's not put them up on a pedestal and worship angels. They're trying to learn from us. But more importantly, if the angels are trying to learn from us, a few verses before that it says all men. Notice it says in verse 9, and to make all men see was the fellowship of the mystery. Others are watching you. I hope the angels learn something from watching us, something that shows the manifold wisdom of God. You know what what, what would bother me more? If the people around us didn't learn anything about the wisdom and the mercy and the love of God. There are people watching you. What do you mean? Nobody's watching me. Oh, yeah? Your neighbors are watching you. They see you every Sunday uh, getting in your car, in your, in your Sunday bests, and coming to church. They see you when you go home, too. And they see you every day. That they're watching. If they know that you're Christians, if your coworkers know that you're Christians, your family, your lost family know that you're Christians, they are watching you to see how you're going to respond, to see that if you have something different than they have. Because you claim to have Christ. You claim to have salvation. You claim to have hope. Do we live like it? Listen, we all grow weary. And we can all get some bad news. We, we all face tribulation and trial. And like I said, there's many d- different ways and, and reasons why we could become weary. And listen, it doesn't even have to do with us being in sin. But when we grow weary, what do we do? Hopefully not give up. Because others are watching us. Not only are, uh, are, 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 are those that are around us outside of our, our families watching us, but if you've got kids, they're watching you. My kids know what I do better than you do. I used to love being a Sunday school teacher because kids would always tell on the parents. Molly, do you remember when Preston told us all about his dad not uh, uh, not following the speed limit laws unless the cops were around. She was in that class with us. That was awesome. <laughs> they know us better than we think they do. They listen, they hear, they're watching you. You say you believe in God, but they don't see your faith in God. They see it. You grow weary and you quit. Guess what? They're going to see that too. Don't faint. Listen, there's too many people out there. Uh, listen, it, 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 it drives me nuts as I watch these, these, these people who, who, who claim to be Christians, who claimed at one point to be Christians, but now they're, uh, what's, the, what's the term that they use now? They're deconstructing their faith. Uh, it's, uh, where uh, these, these high-profile Christians who probably weren't really that strong as Christians in the first place or, or maybe they weren't saved in the first place, but they got themselves into a, a position where people look at them. Uh, uh, I've seen it in, in, in uh, different singers or musicians where they deconstruct their faith. There's a, uh, some YouTube stars that have done the same thing uh, where they get this, this position of notoriety, not because of their faith, but because of just what they do, but then they deconstruct and they fold and they fall. And all these young people are watching that. It's disheartening. You know why? Because all those people that are watching that say, well, if their faith wasn't real, 
what they believed wasn't true. What about me? In fact, I have a friend right now who's going through something very similar to that. Somebody that I went to church with. Somebody that, 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 uh, that I used to sing in, in choir with. Some, uh, somebody who, who I would have never thought would have gone down the road that, that, that they are going right now. Is beginning to turn away from their faith in God and what they were always taught growing up. They were brainwashed. People are watching you. Your children are watching you. Not only are others watching you, but others are relying on you. Others are relying on you. As we look at this passage in chapter 3, what we're seeing is the mystery of the church and the body that's all been jointly built together. We see it there in verse 21 of chapter 2. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple of the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. We are all one body, Jew, Gentile, man, woman, white, black, red, yellow, purple, whatever color. No matter your creed, no matter your, no matter your, uh, 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 we're all one, right? And we specifically are a local body of believers. We are, bi- we are part of the plan of God. Did you catch that? That the, the church is a part of the eternal plan of God. Yes, it's centered around Jesus Christ, and He is the head of the church. But God's plan for the children, for His children, are to be a part of His church. You, as a child of God and as a member of this church, are a part of something bigger than yourself. And other people are relying on you. What do you mean, other people are relying on me? Church is not supposed to be the place that we go on Sunday morning and we, we get it, we're entertained by a few songs and, and by the, the preacher who gets up and preaches in the morning and then we all go our separate ways. That is not church. Do you know what church is? You are the church. This is a worship service where we come and we worship the Lord and where we, we hear the word of God taught. And listen, we're all to be a part of that. But we're to serve one another. We're to minister to one another. The Bible says we're to, 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 to bear one another's burdens, that we're to fellowship with one another. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, it says, uh, 24 and 25 talks about us not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but, but we're to come together so much more. The verse previous to that says that we do it for the purpose of building up and exhorting one another unto good works. Churches not come together for two hours on a Sunday morning and disappear and don't talk to each other for the rest of the week. That's not church. That's religion. God does not call us to religion. Christ hated religion. Christ called us. God's plan for us to be, as the church, is to be an organism, a living breathing organism, a body of believers who come and support one another and build up one another and love one another and serve one another. That's why we instituted the, the Sunday afternoon serv- or lunch in between the services so that we could begin to have more of that fellowship. We can build up more of those bonds, but it takes more than a meal, folks. 
It, it, it takes us truly loving one another. It, it takes us coming alongside and, and being there when somebody's in need. And I don't mean just financially. Sometimes it's emotionally. Somebody who's lost a spouse. And it's coming up on the, the anniversary of, of, of the birthday or something like that. And a card that's sent. Or a hug that's given. A prayer that's prayed. It's, it's, it's when somebody's going through something with, with the health of a child and you're there for them. To pray, to seek the face of God for them in need. It's not just you at home praying on your own, but you coming together and praying as a church for specific needs. It's for our church as an, as an organism to get out and to affect this community for Christ. That is the church. Now, when I say others are relying upon you, you are a part of the body of believers. I don't know which part you, you are, whether you're a toe, whether you're a pinky finger, or whether you're a thumb. Thumbs are important, but so are the rest of them. Paul talks, talks about it like this. Some say, well, I wish I'm not the eye. I wish I was the ear. Just be happy that you're whatever part God made you. Use the gifts that God gave you and serve one another with those gifts. The Bible says that the gifts, the first Corinthians chapter 12, talk about the gifts of God, uh, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit that are given to each and every believer, by the way. Those things aren't for your benefit. They're for the benefit of the church. If the apostles could see what the church has become, they would cry. And sadly, Christ can see what has become of church, where we make it just a, a destination, where we make it just a, 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 a service. That is not church. We are the church. And can I tell you, others are relying on you. And I'm just going to get practical for a minute. I came to church, and I did my duty for the day. I came and. I was ministered to. No, you, you're to come to minister when we come together as a body of believers. Well, I don't need to come for more than one service. I want to step on some toes. Yes, you do. Now, I'm not saying if you're not here that you're in sin. There are many reasons why people can't come to second services or, or, or Wednesday night service, and sometimes it's work, sometimes it's health, uh, sometimes there are things that you just don't have, you can't help with. I, I get that. But there are people that in this service typically are, are teaching. There are people that, in Sunday, that aren't able to be a part of Sunday school because they're teaching. There are people that are serving in nursery. There are people that are doing things. And they, they, they have to come to the second service if they're going to be ministered to at all because they came to the first service and they put everything out to minister to others. Now, how are they ever ministered to? They're not. They're, I'm not saying this to lift, to lift up my wife, but there are months... There have been months where my wife never came into a church service. I said, well, she's a pastor's wife. She's a member of this church. And listen, she was here for every service. But she, you know what she was doing? She was serving others in the nursery. Well, that's not my calling. 
It isn't anybody's calling to, to change a diaper. But it needs to be done. It takes people willing to come to the second service to serve so that those that served in the first service can come be ministered to. Because that's how the body works. You ever smashed your thumb with a hammer? Isn't it funny how your whole body reacts? Your thumb doesn't just wiggle and say, oh! And your whole body recoils. Ah, that hurts! It might hop around, suck on suck your thumb or, or what, shake it around like this. What is this? It's your whole body protecting your thumb. We rely upon one another, folks. We need one another. Now, we can function as a church without everybody feeling their their the, the place that God has given them. But we function in a bad way. I've had surgery. It has removed, I have had multiple surgeries actually. I've had my gallbladder removed. I've had my appendix removed. I say, well, we can live without those. You can. There are consequences to having your gallbladder removed. If you don't have a gallbladder, you know what I'm talking about. It's called dumping syndrome. Your gallbladder produces the bile, which helps your body break down fat. And I'm not going to go into what it actually causes, but it isn't pleasant. And if you eat a really fatty meal, it can cause some discomfort, some pain, and some other things. You can have your foot chopped off and still live. But it affects how you walk, doesn't it? Even if it's something minute like the appendix, and say, well, it's not performing the way it's supposed to. You can survive, but, but listen, it affects the way that you live. You say, well, I, I, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. We'll survive. We'll move on. We'll serve. We'll do what we can. But it will limit the effect of what this church can do and what God has called us to do. Because if I don't have a leg, the rest of my body compensates. Makes it harder, but I can still do it. Makes it harder to do it, and it's harder on my, the rest of my body. We rely upon one another. Not only are people, others watching us, not only are others relying upon, upon you. Others are laboring for you. There in chapter 3, verse 13, Paul says, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you. He says, he's talking about his tribulation. What's his tribulation? Well, he's in prison. What was, what's he in prison for? For preaching the gospel to the Jews and to the Gentiles. It's, what, it's the ministry that God called them there for. Well, who were the Ephesians? They were Gentiles that he preached to. In fact, the, the, he planted a church there. Spent three years ministering to them. And that was a part of the reason why he was in prison. And he says, listen, this tribulation, it's for you. My labor, it's for you. 
There is nothing more discouraging to a pastor than to see the people that God has given placed under his care as, a, as, the, as the under-shepherd. There's nothing more discouraging than to see people begin to faint. Be to draw back from, well, I just can't do this and this and this and this and this. And, you know, I'll, I'll be there at church, but I just, it's just, I, I'm just I'm not able to do that. I'm not, and listen, there are reasons. I, I, I get that. I understand that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But there is a pattern that I have watched over the years where somebody will draw away from whatever ministry they're in and then slowly move towards the back of the church until they're sitting as close as they are, as close as they can get to the door, and then they're no longer here. And a key is placed in my hand, and they said, no, I'm sorry, it's not you. I'm not. I'm not trying to to knock anybody that has left a church. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want. I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody. Don't don't think that I am. But there's nothing more discouraging to somebody who's laboring, somebody who's praying, somebody who's serving, trying to minister to God's people, and to see God's people turn away from God and walk away. And listen, it can be it can happen because you got weary and you let your flesh. Uh, Brother James said this uh, said in Sunday school this morning. This the Sunday school, the adult Sunday school class, which I didn't know what they were teaching, and this all ties together. It worked out perfectly. He said he said you know that he was I was he was uh, I'm sore. Uh, he was I'm exhausted from work. And he goes it would have been easier for me to stay in bed this morning. Uh, it would have been easier for me not to get up and not to come in. He goes but I needed it. Uh, so, so I made myself come in, and I, I come in, I find myself refreshed and strengthened. But in that moment of weariness, in that moment of weakness, he could have let his flesh say, not today. It would be easier just to stay home today. It would be easier to, 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 to not to serve others today. It, it would be easier for me just to take a me day. And the more we do that, the easier it is to to not be here, to not serve. Before long, we have to push ourselves to go to church. Others were relying upon us. Others were watching us. Someone's laboring for you. I pray for you all. I love you all. I want God. I want to see God do a work in your life that is beyond what I could ever do. Because I understand that I can't do anything, right? I understand that it's the Spirit of God that works in you. I understand that it's the, the Spirit of God that is going it, 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 that would call you to minister and equip you to do it. I understand all of that, and I'm praying that God strengthens you. In fact, the next part of this prayer, we're not going to get into it this week. We'll have to wait till after we get back, and then the next week uh, we'll be preaching on it. But hey, Paul's praying for this very thing, for the strengthening of their inner man. Why? So they don't faint. Somebody is laboring for you. Look with me to Psalms chapter 27, verse 13. 
Psalms 27, verse 13 says this, I had fainted. Notice this next part of the verse. Unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If I didn't have hope, I would have fainted. Hope in what? Not hope in my circumstances. Not hope that the that whatever this problem is that I'm facing would go away. Not 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 hope. Listen, we're all going to faint. Isaiah chapter 40, 31, we always quote that verse. Verse 20, verse uh, 30, I believe, says uh, that the, even the youth shall faint. You're going to faint. You're going to get weary. You're going to get exhausted. You're going to get tired. Uh, whether, uh, no, matter what, no matter where you're at right now, some, at some point, you're going to get to a point where you need to make a decision to either get back up or just lay down and die. And I'm begging and I'm praying for you, and I'm, I'm encouraging you to get up. Don't quit. Don't give up hope for what God can do. Psalms 119, verse 81. Psalms 119, verse 81. We're almost done. He says, my soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. He says, I'm weary, waiting for you. Listen, there's salvation in the, in the way that we talk about salvation today, salvation of our souls. There's also salvation in waiting for the rescue of God, and that's what this is talking about. He says, I am, my soul fainteth in waiting for the salvation, in, in waiting for you to come and rescue me in this situation. But my hope is in your word. Don't give up hope. Proverbs, sorry, Isaiah chapter 40. I know I mentioned it. I want you to see a few verses here, then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians and be done there. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 20, 28 says this, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. God does not grow weary. God does not faint. God does not quit. God does not run out of energy. God does not run out of strength or power. But what he does do is he giveth power, verse 29, to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth the strength. When you're weary, when you're at the end of your rope and you can't go anymore, can I encourage you to trust in God and wait on God for that strength? Don't, don't go to, to Dr. Phil. Don't go to whatever other people that are out there that will encourage, to, to encourage you. Go to the Word. Go to prayer and seek God for the strength that you need to go on because you won't find it, that your help anywhere but in Christ. He goes on to say there in verse, uh, verse uh, 30, even the youth shall faint and shall be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. doesn't matter who you are. You're going to get weary. I don't care if you're, 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 you're 16 or 17. I don't care if you're 90. And I don't think there's anybody 90 in here, except for Rose, who's not here. 
You're going to get weary. We're all going to get weary. But here's what we do. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Turn back to Ephesians 4, or sorry, 3.13, then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to see one last thing. Do not faint, because that is your glory. Do not faint, because that is your glory. There back in Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter 3, uh, as I was studying this, I, I had to, I reread this a, a couple of different times and, and just trying to understand it and, and prayed about it because I wasn't quite sure of what, what Paul meant here. He says, Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my, at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. So I, I got out the commentaries and I began to read the commentaries. And one of the commentators said this, that, that it was Paul's tribulation that was their glory, that he was going through that tribulation uh, to bring honor and glory to them. There's another place in Corinthians where Paul says, we are weak, but ye are strong, and kind of in an ironic way. But, uh, but, and, he's saying, and this is saying the same thing, but I don't think that's right. I disagree with the commentator, at least that commentator. They didn't all say the same thing. I believe what he's saying is not feigning at the tribulation is their glory. And I'd like to back it up with Scripture. This is a good thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. See, not only are others watching us, not only are others relying on us, not only are others laboring for us, but God will give glory, or will be able to give glory to God by not fainting. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Down to verse 15, Paul, saying that, Paul said there, verse 1, that God's given us this. We're not going to faint. We're not going to quit. Verse 15, it says this, For all things are for your sakes. What things? Uh, well, back up to verse 8, it says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body and di the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. If you jump back to the verses before that, it says, uh, it says, uh, uh, where is that? We preach in ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, verse 5, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Down in verse 15, for all things are for your sakes. What things? All the troubles, all the trials, all the labor, it is all for their sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound or rebound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but through our outward, though our outward man perish, notice this, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Paul says, listen, we perish. We, uh, we have gone through uh, difficult times, and if anybody's gone through difficult times, it was Paul. Beaten, ridiculed, 
stoned to death, stoned and left for dead, uh, shipwrecked multiple times. Uh, uh, listen, if anybody could say that they'd gone through some tribulation, it could be Paul. Paul says, we went through all of that, and, and we did it, we didn't faint, we didn't quit. Do you think he might have, f- have felt weary after dragging himself out of the water for the third time when the ship sank? You think he might have thought about giving up after, after the, the, the Jews ran him out of town and took the stones and they threw stones at him, and I don't mean pebbles or rocks, threw stones at him and they left him for dead on the side of the road outside of their city? You think when he got up, he didn't feel a little bruised, a little broken, a little weary? But Paul said, we faint not. He says, we did all of this for your sakes, but we faint not. He says, although our outward man perish, although I'm, I, I can't go on any further, inwardly I'm renewed day by day. So that when the body doesn't feel like it can go any farther, my spirit says, stand fast. Don't give up. Goes on to say, verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul said their affliction was light, and a mo- but for a moment. But their perseverance to the affliction worketh for them a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If you're able to persevere through whatever it is God has brought into your life, no matter what, no matter what situation God has allowed in your life, remember this, God has planned all things. Nothing is by accident. If you're able to persevere, if you continue to persevere, there is a reward. There is an exceeding glory that God will give unto you. Uh, uh, we talked about the crowns. Uh, the crowns that are given to those Christians. Two out of the five crowns are based upon the perseverance of the saints. Now we don't get those crowns so that we can wear them up in heaven and say, "Look at me, I persevered." Why do we take those crowns? So we can cast them back at the feet of Jesus. Say, "It wasn't for me." It was for you. In Hebrews, we, we won't turn there, but it says, it says that we're to regard the affliction that he went through when we begin to, to question whether or not we ought to faint. The, 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 what, he, what he bore on the, uh, in his body on the cross, what he bore uh, in his soul when he took upon him the sins of, uh, not just my sins, but the sins of the whole world. It says, consider that and faint not. I would encourage you this morning that you don't faint. So how do we faint? This is, this is how we're going to finish. Uh, uh, f- five things real quickly. I'm just going to throw them out there and we'll, and we'll be done. Because, well, it's 12.15. First, how do you not faint? How do you keep going? And, and as a member in a body of this church, part of this church, how do you pray? Pray for this church. Pray for this pastor. Pray for one another. Spend time in prayer over the needs of the people. Well, I don't know how, what to pray for. Talk to people. I bet you'll find some stuff. Just, just being honest. Pray. Two, be here. Come to church. Serve one another. So I don't know how to serve. There's spots in the nursery. 
There are spots other places too. We can, uh, you see something on the floor, pick it up. Uh, uh, something needs cleaned, clean it. Uh, just serve. You see somebody that, that, that's down, go over and give them a hug. Place, place an arm around them and pray for them. And do something to serve one another in love. Be the church God has called us to be. One, pray. Two, be here. Three, be involved. Got ministries. Praise the Lord. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying this, uh, I'm not bringing this up because VBS is coming up. I praise the Lord for the number of people that are involved in VBS. But, but serve. Be involved in something. Now, uh, whether it's VBS or, or some other ministry, get involved in service of one another. You just don't know how tired I am. Read your Bible. I do know. Read your Bible. I'm not saying you have to read a chapter a day. I maybe you should, maybe that's that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to read a few verses a day. Maybe you just need to study a few verses a day. Meditate on a few verses a day. But read your Bible. You know why? Because the Bible says that Paul says well, we're renewed inwardly day by day. You know how you're renewed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The Bible says that we're to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. That's in Ephesians. We haven't got there yet. Romans chapter 12 says that we're, that we're not to be conformed to this world, but, re, but to be renewed, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's what it says in Romans, 12, chapter, Romans chapter 12, too. Not conformed, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. Renew your mind. So that when you grow weary, when you go tired, when you're in the midst of a terrible situation, you don't give up. Because the truth is, we need you. You know what happens when people give up? They go away. You run into the, into the grocery store, and they pretend like they don't see you. Not because they don't like you, because they feel embarrassed. When we give up, Satan wins. When we stop serving, Satan wins. When we stop coming, Satan wins. If you can be here for the first service, be here. If you can be here for the second service, be here. I'm not saying it's a sin if you're not. And I, the, there are some of our, our most faithful members that aren't able to be here because of their age and health. I get it. Some people have to work. I used to work. But if you can be here, and if you're already here, serve in one of the, serve somewhere. Do something. Be a part of the church. And don't forget, others are watching. Others that need to see the love of Christ as in this building, and they need to hear the love of Christ out there. They're watching as well. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your spirit. God, I pray that uh, Lord, you'd help us not to quit. Not to grow faint, not to grow weary. Lord, I know that we that we do, but if we do, God, help us to rely upon you and wait on you for, your, for our strength. And help us to continue on no matter how weary we get, Lord. No matter how, how broken and, and this body gets, 
no matter how busy our schedules get, Lord, may we always make time for you, Lord. Your eternal plan is for us as a body to serve and love one another. Help us to do that, Father. We ask this in Jesus' precious name.